Listen up and take a knee. I didn't budget for 40. Never thought I'd live to see 30. Now I'm 50. Tired of the horse shit. It's time to throat punch the weak sauce that masquerades as manhood 20 years into the 21st century. And I better start with my own. Welcome to St. Hank's. This is the American Badass's Guide to Everyday Sainthood. And who am I? Well, I was killed twice on basic cable by Bigfoot. And I could parallel park a school bus. But don't worry about that. I'm more knucklehead than badass. Somehow, after misplaying nearly every hand that life dealt me, I'm sitting here at the final table, the money round, the cash game, with a huge stack of chips. But those chips are worthless unless I push them into the middle of the table. Unless I commit, really commit to something. So let's worry about who I'm trying to become. And that is Hank. You do it as tough as it is possible to do. And you do that in all things. I don't know who Jay Cutler is. Oh, you. Hey, if you want a father, I'll give you a spanking. Popcorn. Hit the yard, me. If you could, you would. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. So today I was outside in that weird February interstitial space, the threshold in between, where it was freezing yesterday after days and weeks of snow, and today it's nearly 50, bright sunshine, legitimate chance of sunburn. Back in one of the great American cities where I used to live, this one on the Puget Sound, I used to hike this three-mile walking trail built around a man-made lake. What I call a weird threshold time was even weirder there. I used to walk this trail nearly every day. This time of year, there'd be this bizarre switchover. One day, some of the women you passed on the trail would be wearing parkas. The next day, they might be there in bikinis. The temperature could be the same. It was just somehow time. There was some kind of signal that they shared with each other that I'd never hear. Not that I'm complaining. I'm in a small town now. It's sunny out, and I'm on hawk duty. We have this weird dog. He's so weird that most people tell me he's a cat. Sure, he meows and chases mice and wants a bat. He climbs trees and flushes quail, and he has retractable claws. But come on, would I own a cat? So I'm outside with the cat. Weird dog. On hawk duty. There's a large parcel of land behind our house. It's a huge, undeveloped field butted up against Paradise Creek. The creek is running particularly fat and cold right now with all the runoff from the region being snow-covered for days and the heat and sunshine melting all that away. This field is in the floodplain for Paradise Creek, which floods it every couple of years. So it's undeveloped and essentially a green belt. There's all kinds of wildlife back there. There was a family of skunks that tried to make a home in my shed, They're cute, but you don't want them living on your property. They moved along. There's at least two pheasants, one of whom ran afoul of this hawk. We've had moose in our neighbor's yard, a whole family. 
that field and the trees and the water is teeming with all kinds of wildlife, mice and snakes and rabbits, a buffet for the pair of red-tailed hawks who've discovered this space where the grasses grow past my shoulders in the spring and dye and brown and curl to create all kinds of beds and burrows in the winter. And those hawks, they are amazing. I've seen them swoop down on their prey, dropping from the sky faster than you'd think possible. They've swooped along my fence line, too, there before I realized it and gone before I could put a name to this blur of power, flight, and danger. So why am I out here with my weird dog? To see if the training has taken. There were a a pair of owls here, too, once. Very Twin Peaks. They were definitely not what they seemed. This was before we got the weird dog. But the birch trees that the owls perched in, they nested elsewhere, but this was like their office or their parking garage near the office, literally the field office behind our house. These trees, two of them, had been standing dead since before we bought the property. Our neighbors rebuilt their house, and the changes, the, it's larger now and taller, it put them in danger from limbs that had fallen from our trees before. So we had them taken down and sawed them into rounds. We're still splitting those rounds for firewood for the days on the freezing, snowy side of the threshold. The hawks wouldn't come around when the owls were here. They're both territorial and don't share territory which is why I'm out here now. A while ago, I noticed one of the hawks hovering about 20 feet above our raspberry bushes. I saw my wife's weird dog meandering through those bushes right below the hawk. Against the weird dog's will, I scooted out there and scooped him up. You know, in older movies or TV shows, when the main character goes to the desert or, or like National Lampoon's Vacation gets lost in the desert, the sonic shorthand for wilderness is this shrieking sound, a piercing, shrieking cry. Close your eyes and think about it. That sound will come to you. It's an earworm, so be careful. Just hear it for reference and move along. That is a hawk shrieking. I can confirm that because that's what this hawk did. From just over my head, it shrieked. It was pissed. I hustled my wife's weird dog back inside, him struggling against me, not realizing the danger, me turning complete city slicker and expecting talons to rip into my back and scalp at any second. Quick digression. If you are any kind of sports fan, betting fan, or Pacino or McConaughey, does anybody know how to spell McConaughey, by the way? No matter how I spell it, it's got a spell check red line underneath it. Hell, even if you're a Rene Russo fan, I, th- I think she's a producer on this one and stars in it. Jeremy Piven's in it too pre-entourage. It's called two for the money. It's a swing and a miss, but it's a, it's a hard swing. On the St. Hanks review scale, it would be a two or three cannoli Vito Corleone movie or a three-star Sonny Corleone movie. It's not a bad use of a fall afternoon if the game you're watching is a blowout or all the games on red zone are out of hand. You'll especially love Pacino's pronunciation of the word talon during one confrontation. I know I do. One of those things I forget every time and get to re-enjoy every time the movie's on and I happen to catch the scene. Don't be too confused about how St. Hanks reviews movies. We'll be releasing some of those soon. There's the Don, Vito, and his sons, Michael, Sonny, and Fredo. They're all a category of movie, a type. And within these categories, we'll give the movies one to five cannoli. 
It's not as complicated as it sounds. It's pretty fun, actually. Coming soon. Digression over. Back here in the channeled scablands, no talents came, but we had a problem. The weird dog was on the hawk's radar. And it didn't make sense. Weighing in at at least 10 pounds, there's easier prey than this brown tabby. I'm not sure the hawks could carry him off, and I don't want to find out, but they could certainly hurt him. Do they see him as a territorial rival? Sure, he'll flush quail from their burrows, chase the occasional mouse, lose foot races with rabbits by wide margin, but he's no threat to the hawk's ability to hunt from the greenbelt. He's such a non-threat that the neighbor's chickens barely even notice he's there anymore. Yes, once he chased a squirrel, which had been tormenting him through the sliding glass door. And yes, he chomped down on the very end of that squirrel's tail before the squirrel scampered off to where my wife's weird dog couldn't follow. But to be honest, that squirrel was a dick. Even among squirrels and weird dogs, there's a social order. This rodent was out of line. Skipper, that's the weird dog's name. And before you get started, that's the name he came from the shelter with. Skipper was just teaching him a much-needed lesson. So, it's all a mistake. But I don't speak hawk. And I can't explain to them that they can't eat Skipper. And he's not a threat to their ability to hunt all that green belt and creek bed back there. It's an utter waste of time and energy to stalk him. Even the shriek is uncalled for. I want to share with them something Mickey Rourke said in an interview when he was nominated for an Oscar for The Wrestler. It was one of those little snippets they play before the telecast of the awards, before they know whether they've won or not, though I'm pretty sure Mickey knew that he wouldn't be winning. About the Oscar, he said, I can't eat it. I can't F it. He did not stop at the F. And it won't get me to heaven. You hear that, Hawks? But then I sort of learned to speak Hawk, to speak their language. We researched, asked some people who should know, and We bought a fake owl, as dumb as that sounds, an owl decoy. It's perched on an old broken shovel handle set up on the porch of an outbuilding on our property. For a while there, I had a small speaker set up outside. I've been out there when I've seen the hawks, and I I play videos of owls hooting, there, there are such things, or screeching on my phone through the speakers. And I think I've trained them. They vamoosed from perches and trees in my yard when they hear the owls, making air quotes, I saw one of them flying in, sweet and low, barely fence high, toward the property and make a sudden banking beeline out of there. I think he saw the owl. So here I am, outside in the sun, weird dog on the prowl, keeping a weather eye on the horizon for hawks to see if they've been trained to believe there's now an owl, a greater predatory bird guarding this property. So far, so good. And here I had grand plans for tonight's podcast. I was going to tie training in with the idea of wanting, wanting something wrong, something that you can't eat, something that's not threatening your territory, about exes putting diesel in my classic car or writing checks on my account long after we've broken up. That's an exciting day on a teacher's salary when you find out you're two grand overdrawn the Monday after payday. How the wrong jobs or the wrong love or the wrong just being wrong, how you can train yourself so wrong that all the expectations and goals in the world can't help you. You'll fall back on that wrong training every time, but maybe another time. 
I ended up with this sweet little fable about replacement owls and territory restored. A weird dog and a weirder dude enjoying a sunny afternoon together. Here in this second round of Lent with no Easter in sight. For next week, I've prepped a fun little St. Patrick's Day episode. Now, you know, a fight clubber who coached at a Catholic school in a downtown with a fighting Irish mascot has some St. Patrick's Day stories. But today, it's about brighter times and unexpected sunshine. Until then, if you can't eat it, if you can't embrace it on a cold winter night, or if it won't carry you to at least a moment or two of whatever you call heaven, maybe it's not for you. And if it does, do any of those things. Grab it as tight as you can, but let it go as easy as it needs. Remember, we're just passing through in this life. We're just renters. Can't hold on to any of this for very long. Certainly not forever. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting St. Hanks. I truly appreciate it, and I truly appreciate you. Stay up, stay healthy. This has been a lesson from St. Hanks, the American badass's guide to everyday sainthood. I hope you were listening. This will be on the test. <laughs>